so many versions of it. Really? This is Coogan Cassis for IFL TV in association with MTK Global. We're in Las Vegas. It's Fight Week, Wilder vs. Fury. Delighted to be joined by <laughs> Melissa from Melt PR. Hello, Coogan. Why are you laughing? <laughs> this is long overdue. Uh, this is... I can't believe how long it's, this has taken. I, I want to apologise on my behalf. Why? Because our schedules are crazy. Yeah. I can't believe we've not been able to do this. Sooner. But we're here. And we're but doing we it. are here. Middle of fight week, and there is something special, isn't there, about the whole Vegas thing? We were talking about it a little while ago about comparing it to Madison Square Garden exactly. in, in New York. It's what you like, but I think there is something about Vegas that's incomparable to other places. Exactly. Agree? I 100% agree. And I was saying, you know, MSG for me is the most. My, my my most favourite venue, but you can't beat the atmosphere in Vegas, at all. Absolutely. You can't, because in MSG, it's like a great venue, but it's not like you walk outside of MSG and we always stay at the Stewart Hotel, don't we? Opposite, and it's like, it's only really the people in the lobby. It's not exactly like you go out in the street and it's like, hey, there's a fight. Whereas here, you walk in the lobby, you go from here to another hotel. Everyone's talking about the fight. It's like non-stop. It's crazy. It is crazy. Um, <coughs> so, yes. people may have seen you, because you are kind of everywhere. That's your job. Yeah. We'll come on to actually what you do. But that is your job, so we do see you everywhere. But yes. Melt PR. Mm -hmm. Define for me what Melt PR is and how it started. It's a PR and media agency. I think my PR career started about, God, uh, 20 years ago, but I officially formed the company about five or six years ago. And we specify in sports, mostly in boxing, and we represent top rank, UK, and their fighters. So when there is a top rank fighter fighting in the UK, we'll do the media, press conferences, fight campaigns, and then when there's a British fighter, like for example Tyson Fury fighting out here, it's our role as a company to look after all the UK media, make sure you guys are accredited, make sure you guys get the access and everything you need, feed you, give you drinks and all that, um, and that's it. So, Melt PR has been running for how long? About five or six years now, since two, 2013. Because we've seen kind of over the last, the, the last year especially, the 12 months, and you've kind of been involved in some very high profile fights. Yeah. Uh, quite notably the, the Regis Progray and Josh Taylor fight where you obviously did a fantastic job with Regis Progray. Thank you putting him literally everywhere. It was almost a case of Regis again, really. I know, I know. A lot of people were saying that. Oh, for God's sake, not him again. But that's really what the, the point of what you do is, isn't yeah. it? And kind of everyone kind of, even though Josh Taylor's kind of regarded as the home fighter, but from Scotland. Exactly. But, um, everyone kind of took to Regis um, with the various kind of appearances and the interviews he was doing uh, leading up to that great fight, one of the best fights of 2019, but, mm. um, and I've spoken to Regis about you and kind of what you did for him and he's very appreciative he's so of, lovely. yeah. Yeah. But do you know what that is? That was the first, I'm not saying that Top Rank hasn't allowed me to just do whatever I want, 
But obviously top rank have, you know, an extensive team. So there's only so much, you know, say you can have in things. Whereas with Regis, Luda Bella literally was like, just do you, just do whatever you want. And when I met with Regis, I had like a two hour meeting with him um, when he came to do the sit down with Johnny Nelson. You know, like the, the is it gloves? No. Yeah, the gloves are off. And I had two hours with him and I sat down and spoke to him and I said, look, if you let me do things my way, I will literally make you the home fighter, but I just need you to trust me and I'll trust you. And he did, and he kept his word with it. And we worked so well together. And by the end of the campaign, it was so overwhelming having people from Sky, from the, the papers, all, all the different counterparts coming to me saying, oh my God, you've done an amazing job. And I was like, well, actually, this is the first time I've worked back in the UK. Because every other time, I'm always out in America and unless you felt follow me on social media, you're not really going to know what I'm doing. So that's why. Why did you want to do this job? I don't think it was ever a case of I wanted to do this, you know, this job. I, when I was about 15, 16, like back in the day, like way back in the day, it was like, what, 10, 20? Five, five years ago, yeah? No, yeah, all right then. <laughs> this is like way back, a good 20 years ago. Um, I was like so into UK Garage. And we were, we were still in college at the time, and I used to do promotions. Like I had DJ EZ and MCDT, PSG, like proper back in the day. And I worked with DJ EZ for like at least two years. And then I was doing like promoting, and I was like, oh, I love this. I love organizing things. And then I went and did like some stuff with some footballers, like trying to do their PR. But with football, it's very controlled. Like you can't be as creative. And I think through my whole 20s, I was just lost. I was like, I want to be in PR and media, but I never studied to do this. Like I did college, business studies, whatever else, but I never specifically studied PR. And through my 20s, it's, it's a truth. Like I was just, you know, lost, trying to find my way. And it wasn't until I got into my 30s and, you know, my part, as you know, my partner at the time, AJ Carter, he was the one that got me into boxing. He was like, you need to come into boxing. We need you in boxing. I was like, no. I don't like boxing. It's a very like, you know, brutal sport because my family never really followed it. They were more into football. And he convinced me and he took me to York Hall and he was like, trust me, just watch one fight and you're going to fall in love with it. And it's been nonstop ever since. Well, <coughs> excuse me. Funny you should mention, obviously, um, AJ Carter. <laughs> At York Hall. Because and that, you. <laughs> that's when, obviously, I first met you years ago. That was hilarious. I uh, can't believe that. And... At your call, with no obviously disrespect to your call, when we were going there, it was yeah. kind of like, you know, the fighter has their has their fight, and you know, we just kind of give a polite knock, go yeah. into the changing room. Have you got a couple of minutes? Yeah. <laughs> so, You're going to expose <laughs> me. So years ago, and I don't know how long ago. How long ago would you say it was? Six, it was in 2014. Oh, 14. Okay, I was yeah. six years ago. Okay. Yeah. So obviously, I, AJ had won his fight at the time. I think it was yeah. the second or third fight. Yeah. And uh, you're, you're outside, and I'm like, you're like, yes, uh, who are you? Who exactly? are you? Who are you exactly? What do you so, want? <laughs> yeah, what do you want? Uh, with my just, clipboard. With your clipboard. <laughs> uh, literally writing my name down, saying, yeah. right, you'll be after so and so. I was like, okay, no problem. But who was it though? After who did I, I put remember. before you? Well, it was someone, you know, that sh you should have been at really now, no. knowing that ahead of but at the time. Absolutely it was... not. No, someone's in front of us. <laughs> they're in front of us. But. Yeah, so you, it was like a little system going on. I was thinking, this is this, this is, is quite jazzy for your call, fight nights, which is great. Yeah. And uh, but I get it. Listen, at the time, AJ was an up and coming uh, heavyweight prospect, and it's like with anything, if mm. 
you want to kind of uh, market in from that early stage, which is what you were doing. Yeah. Uh, why not? So that's actually how, how I met you. And then years later, like yeah. you're talking probably five years after, yeah. I didn't kind of put that situation exactly. to when I met you. And I was, you was like, you don't remember me, do you? And I was like, <laughs> mm, no. no. <laughs> so, um, so from that from that point, mm. working with AJ mm. uh, up until maybe a year and a half ago, what was going on in that time? God, it's such a long story. Um, cut a long story short, obviously after we did that interview, AJ went up to about, I think it was 7-0, 8-0, and like, I think the mistake I made was I PR'd him in a way where his, his profile was higher than his ability. And I made him into this, like almost like this star. And you know, he was with Steve Goodwin, then he moved on to Tommy Dove, and he was doing really, really well. And, um, I think it was, what was it, 2000? When did he fight against that Kamil Salowski? No, it was before that. We were in York Hall and he faked that Kenneth, Kenneth Adoki. Okay. And, um, oh, I can't remember his manager at the time, but he, um, Derek, Derek Williams. Derek, so Derek Williams. Williams, that's okay. it. Derek Williams and um, his father, AJ's father, was training him. And there was like Kenneth Adoki, and I couldn't find anything about him on, online. I was like, who is this guy? He's from Africa. You know, he's, I mean, should we go for this fight, should we not? Anyway, so he went into the fight, he lost that fight. And then we had to build him back up again. And then um, he'd fought crap. He fought uh, um, one of AJ's opponents, Hervé something. Hervé, uh, I've got blank. He, anyway, one of AJ's opponents. What the hell? Uh, you know, I'll, I'll tell you, I'll explain what that is after, don't worry, I'll, okay. I'll kind of figure it out as it's going on. Um, anyway, so AJ hadn't had, no seriously. No, what? don't worry, don't worry. <laughs> I feel like there's a ghost. No, there isn't, trust me, I'll explain <laughs> after, I know what that is. Okay, um, <laughs> oh okay, got yeah, it. Yeah, got it. Um, so yeah, he was fighting against this Hervé guy, whatever it was, um, and it, AJ had knocked him out in the earlier rounds, so we were like, it was a six rounder. And he was amazing. We were like, oh my God, even I was shocked. I was like, you're really good. Everyone was just, you know. And then he suddenly come out with, I've got a rotator's cuff. I was like, what? And he was just about getting into talks with Eddie Hearn about signing, signing to Eddie Hearn and, and Matchroom. And then we made a decision to have the operation and take some time out. Cause you know, we thought we were on the top. He was gonna be the next best thing. And for about 18 months, he was out of the ring and he actually went into se a severe depression. Um, and it's obviously out there now, but he, he tried to take his life several times and it was a really difficult experience for me because I was still very new to boxing at this point and Richard Williams and Brian Lawrence was now then his manager and trainer. And we all decided to just not say anything to anyone and just keep it under the radar and just crack on with it. And then we finally got AJ signed to uh, Tommy Dove and then the board found out that he'd you know, tried to take his life and delayed the fight again. Then it went to April 2017 and he fought this Kamil Salowski. And I was the one that convinced him to do it. I said, look, you'll be fine. He's a tough journeyman, but you know what? I've researched and just, you know, let's just go for it. And um, he got knocked down in the second round and it was horrific. And I remember um, being ringside and because I was still new, I didn't feel like I had a voice. Like if it was now, I would have pulled him out of the fight sooner. But obviously I'm not a boxing person, so you have to kind of know your place. 
That's why you know I took a year out and I then got approached by Isaac Dogbone. He was like, I'm fighting in, you know, in America, Philadelphia against Jesse Magdalena. I want you to be my publicist. I, I know you guys, you know, you and AJ, I've known you from then. I just trust you and I, I want you to come. And I was like, hell no, I'm never going back into boxing. Anyways, Paul Dogbase, I don't know if you've met him, he's very yes, persuasive, course. everyone knows Paul. And um, he was like, look, we really trust you, we need you, come with us. And I went, and there was like 15 of us against how many thousands of, you know, Mexicans, Americans, and everything else in the arena. And as we all know, Isaac went and did the job, and our lot, all our lives have changed ever since. And it's down to Isaac Dogbay, which is why now that's connected me to Top Rank, and why now Top Rank is my client. I'm feeling jigsaw pieces being placed yeah. here, yeah. Melissa. Yeah. Um, so, obviously, last summer you worked on a, a huge fight in the UK between uh, pound for pound in a lot of people's eyes. Number one, Vasyl Lomachenko against yeah. Luke Campbell, which was it. It was great. It was um, the fight itself. You know, Luke gave a, a, a good account of himself. Hundred percent in yeah. that fight, but. I suppose the attraction in that fight was the fact that Lomachenko was fighting as a professional. Yeah. Because he'd fought in the amateurs actually in, in, in Liverpool before, but yeah. um, as a professional, it was his UK debut and everyone was kind of like. It was like yeah. the biggest thing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, how was that working with Lomachenko? Because I know you have a, a good relationship with Lomachenko. Yeah. Um, I actually asked Top Rank, I wasn't asked to, I, I, I asked Top Rank, can I please go to his camp? Because Sky needed to do some filming and as you lead up to a campaign or a fight, the broadcasters that win the rights have to go out to camp and get some like, you know, behind the scenes to, to start building the promotion. So I'd said to Top Rank, you know, I really want to go and I want to be there when they do the filming. I think it's important that there's a Top Rank representative. And it's the best thing I ever did. And I earned Lomachenko's... Um, respect by going out there, spending the two, three days there. And I have like been to many fighters camps and seen, you know, the, the way that they do things. I was blown away. Like you hear the rumors of like him doing, um, you know, the, the, with the Jenga stick things and like doing wrestling. And like two days in, I was like, at what point is this guy gonna start boxing? He wasn't doing any boxing. I was like, he's got the, a really important fight coming up. But it was fascinating, canoeing. You know, you had Andy Scott obviously like filming, or was, you know, and he's canoeing, and then he's playing that tennis volleyball thing at this, you know, place in, in Ukraine, and it was such an amazing experience. And I said, look, Loma, you're coming to the UK in a few weeks. I know that you're not, he's, everyone knows he's not keen on, you know yourself, he's not keen on interviews. Um, and I said, if you just give me an hour a day for fight week, I promise you that I will stick to it, and it will be amazing, and it will do really, really well. And he said, okay. I give one hour. Is that your long term? I give one hour, okay. <laughs> and he goes, if you go after, then I'm not doing any more interviews. And I did, I stuck to like 57 minutes, 48 minutes. But with him, you, you have to change your strategy. Regis Progo will talk for England. To the point where I'm like, okay, enough, cut, cut. With Loma, you have to keep him busy like, like I did. I did this thing where um, I thought the best thing for ESPN would be if we went to the top of the O2 and say, you know, Mark Kriegel's at the top of the O2 with all the drones. I thought, oh my God, how amazing would that be? And then Mark can turn around to Loma and say, Vasil Lomachenko, you, you know, you fought for the London Olympics down there. You know, and was it two, two time gold champion? And you said at the time that you wanted to one day fight the O2 and you're now standing on top of the O2 arena. 
how does it feel? You know, you have these like visions of how you want things to be. I can't believe Eggis allowed us to do that on fight week. I was like, Eggis, please can I take Loma to the top of the O2? He was like, mm, okay, maybe. But Loma loved it. He was like, he loves physical activity. And then he did Spencer Oliver and um, who else was there? Uh, Fraser Dayton and, and Spencer did an interview with him and they played golf first, relaxed a little bit and then they did the interview. Every fight is different. But Loma was an absolute pleasure to work with. Like, they're, they're just so respectful. And, and when they trust you and they let you do your thing, it just makes your job so much more difficult, so much more easier. And at the end of it, the most gratifying part was when Loma said, I loved how she did everything. You know, I, I'm pleased with her. You know, I, I want to work with her again. And that was like, oh my God, yes. <coughs> it's okay. Um, so, yes. just in the last 12 months alone. Whirlwind. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, absolute whirlwind. we've not even come on to the Tyson Fury, who <laughs> no. you're here for, in, like the biggest fight I can't believe of it. the year uh, yeah. against Deontay Wilder. But um, let's move on to Tyson Fury. and <laughs> That's a whole other show. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But I mean, what a fight to be working on as well. I mean, it's... Because I can't... I think I was asked this in another interview the other day. I literally cannot explain it. I feel like I'm... I feel like it hasn't settled in yet. Like, I know I deserve to be here because I've sacrificed so much to be here, to do what I'm doing now. Um, but it still hasn't sunk in. But the other side is that I'm so humble about it because I'm still the new kid. I totally understand that I'm the new kid. Doesn't matter how much years I've worked in PR in other areas. In boxing, I am a new kid, and to be accepted into boxing is very tough, especially as a woman. So I know I'm the new kid, and I know I still need to prove myself. Like, don't think because I'm working with all these mega stars and they love what I do and, and they're so pleased with what I'm doing, and I'm getting the results, right? It doesn't mean that I've like made it and I'm gonna take my foot off the gas. It just means like, I can take it to the next level. I can keep learning. Like, I don't have this set plan where I'm like, okay, I'm gonna take my business there, I'm gonna take my business there. I'm not, I'm not, I'm just so grateful that I've been given another chance in life to do what I really love doing, and that's helping people, if that means in my job or if it means on the streets. And I'm just grateful. That is the only way I can put it. We were talking to probably the, the queen of PR earlier in Kelly, Kelly Swanson. Swanson. Who's obviously with uh, exactly. her company, Swanson Communications, but yeah. more, more notably over the years was Floyd Mayweather's publicist. Yeah. If there's anyone that kind of, and I know she's kind of taken a shine to you, I can she tell has, that. Yeah. But if there's someone to kind of learn from, it is someone like Kelly. Hundred percent. But do you know what the funniest thing is? When AJ got me into boxing, obviously me being me, I did my research, and I was like, I wonder if there's any other women that does this because it's such a male-dominated sport. Mm. And obviously, I, you know, Kelly Swanson. To, yes, no. Yesterday, I was sitting opposite her. I swear to God. I sit opposite her and to myself I'm thinking, oh my God, it was only five years ago that I researched this woman and how amazing her career was and how well she's done and I'm now sitting opposite her. Forget that, the woman's actually coming over to me, giving me advice, telling me that she's only met me twice, because she's very real. She's like, listen, I've only met you twice, but I like you. And she's like taking me under her wing and I'm like, is this actually really happening? I literally cannot believe she's it. She's probably one of the most straight, not just from a woman standpoint, but just yeah. one of the most 
straight talking, direct people you'll yeah. find in boxing. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, t listen, I don't know, people have this perception where they think that I'm just like, I don't know, it's weird. What do you think the perception of you is from the outside? Well, it's not even, well, I've now found out because I've now started to ask people. I ask fans or I ask people I work with and they're like, you know, you've made it. You're this mega publicist that's working with the best. Like, you're Tyson Fury's, you know, PR representative. And I'm like, no, I'm not. It's also this person. And, you know, as you know, MTK look after him. Frank Warren looks after him. Top Brain looks after him. Not just Melt PR. And they're like, yeah, but you're with him. You're doing this. You're taking care of him. And I'm like, no, 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 no. It's not just me. I keep pushing it away and, like... It's not because it isn't just me. You know, it's like hundreds of people. It's a big team effort as exactly. well. Exactly, yeah. it's but hundreds you play your of people. Part as well, of but I still, I can't do that. I'm, people are like just accept that you've done well. Like you wouldn't have been put in this role if you, if you weren't good at it. So, I don't know. It's just sometimes it's just very hard to grasp that I'm actually here and doing this. What's the negatives of? Oh God. Of what you do, what have you found to be the negatives? What's been the negatives? Being accepted. Being accepted. Because don't get me wrong, it's not like I, 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 it's I'm not easy. sounding sexist, but are you saying being accepted because you're a woman? Or just being I hate kid? the fact that I'm about to say this because we're in 2020 now. But yeah, it is. It is. Because when you're a strong woman and you're firm and you have, because you have to be to do my job, um, sometimes men don't like that. But I don't want to bring that in as an excuse. That's why I just say the negatives are that I am the new kids. And like Kelly Swanson said to me today, she said, you're the new kid and it's going to take time for people to accept you. But the two times that I've met you, you're a really nice person and you work hard and you're passionate. I've been watching you. So, like, she even sees it. The negatives are I'm a new kid. The negatives also are... You now don't know whether people are friends with you or are nice to you because they want to be or is it because they want something from you? And that's been really hard to even grasp that. Like, I've never experienced that in my life. And it has turned out that they are just using me to get to my clients. Is that how you feel, yeah? Yeah, I know that for a fact. But isn't that the kind of the, the way of the world? Yeah. That it's um, not a case of I, I, I want to use this as an example, and it might not be the same. That's fine. But Eddie Hearn once said to me that, you know, I'm using you and you're using me. As long as we know that and we're happy with it, yeah. there's nothing wrong with that. I he kind of said it in, in a little bit of jest, but there's a lot of truth in it as well. He because, is 100% yeah. right. And I'm fully aware. And some I, people are nicer about it than others. Yeah, yeah. because some, no, but it's the ones that try to act like they're not. Yeah. Like, just be real. Just say, do you know what? It's like the you scratch my back, I'll scratch yours. It's the same thing. It's the same thing. And, and the ones that do do that, like, look, okay, take you and I as an example. I come to you for stuff, you come to me for stuff. But I believe it to be a genuine partnership. Yeah, but I'd like the to think we're fucking friends as well now. No, I know. Oh, God. Uh, yeah, we are. <laughs> but you know what I mean? I like, know what you mean, of course. Yeah, like, I've told you even earlier today, I was like, I feel like I can trust you. Like, we're, we're away in a foreign country. I've been here for nearly two months, away from my friends and my family. Like, I'm going to get a green card soon. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's that bad. But when you, when you lot came, obviously, last week, some of my stories on my Instagram, I was like, oh, my God, my friends are here. I feel like I can trust you and there's other people I can trust. Like, you just know when you feel comfortable around people. And you've been so supportive to me. 
so supportive, and and I appreciate that. Well, you don't need to be appreciative of it. It's just, you know. It still needs to be said. I'm just a nice guy. Okay then. Okay then. <laughs> um, all right. I I feel like this is run for nearly half an hour. By the way, it's done very well. So no, you didn't really want to do this. Because I, I get criticised. Because I, I'm a publicist, so obviously I'm going to be like, what are you going to ask I me? What are, how's this. it going to look? And, and how am I going to end up? And, and people are going to judge me. That's why I don't do... I don't barely do any interviews. Oh, right. Okay, so, so this has been talked about for like literally about eight months. Since, a long time. Since Fury Schwartz, actually, which was <laughs> in June. But I feel like this is kind of one part of this. And it's not me saying, oh, let's do another one by the end of the week. But I think... In a few months, we should do another one to kind of assess that period yeah. of your life and see whether things have changed or whether things are still the same, etc. Mm. Is that fair enough? That's fair enough. Okay. We have a fight to sell. We do. Wild, I mean, yeah. It's been phenomenal. Still another three days away. It'll be two days when this goes out, but... It's yeah. been a long time. We've been out for, what, two months now, just promoting the hell out of this fight. Well, you have. I've been here for, like, five days. Okay, I'm talking about Team Fury, then. <laughs> <laughs> no, both fighters have worked their, their butts off, and I think the fans at home, you know, they need to know how much they really do work hard to do interviews. Like, he's done hundreds of interviews, and, it, and it's tiring. It's, very, it's a lot of, you know, strategic planning and everything else. <laughs> it's a lot of work. No, can I just say... You, you, you gave me some great advice the other day, which led into obviously uh, my interview I did with Fury uh, at his house, which was like oh, God, yeah, 50 yeah. minutes off. Yeah. Because I was thinking to myself, do I, yeah. excuse me, one second, pick this back up. I was thinking to myself, do I do this interview now where Tyson on Monday was saying to me, do Coogan, it now. Coogan, do it now. Do it now. Do it We're now. not done with doing the house. Just do it now, Coogs. We're like, not doing no, no. long interviews. <laughs> and I went to you, and I said, what do I do here? And you just went, just go, just leave. Yeah, just walk out, just walk out. He's not going to notice. Just go, 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 go. So I left, and obviously Tim was like, yeah, just leave, just yeah, go. Yeah, And so I left, and like, I went to interview Bob Arum, because you yeah. set the Bob Arum interview up. Yeah, yeah. And um, obviously the next day I was thinking to myself, oh my God. I'm going to go to the house tomorrow. He's going to go, I told you. I told you yesterday. I told you, yeah. What are you doing, Coops? What are you doing? I told yeah. you to do the interview yeah, today. Right. I was panicking about it. I was thinking <laughs> to myself, if he's not in the mood, it's quite weak. Just roll with it. But turned up at the house yesterday. He was good as gold. And yeah, yeah sat with me 50 minutes. And he probably would have sat with me for another half an hour yeah. if I wanted to. So, yeah, that was a, a good bit of whatever that was. No, Such but that, do you know what it was? Because you got to understand, me and Tim, bless him, he's been amazing. We've known Tyson's moods, you know. We know when to. We know when he's saying something. Does he really mean it? That's why we were like, just trust us. Go tomorrow. That's it. That's all we asked you to do. I did think that when you was you guys were saying that, I was like, ah, oh, tomorrow. What mood is he going to be in tomorrow? I could see I it in thinking, your face. You were panicking. I was thinking, <laughs> so we go there and he's going to be like, you should have come yesterday, or you should have done it yesterday. No. But no, it, no, it all works out anyway. So thank you. Thank you. No, thank you. Okay. Melissa we did it! LPR. We did it! We did. <laughs> you haven't got any editorial rights to this. This is going out as it is. I'm not. I'm, I'm having serious anxiety as a publicist, but I'm just going to roll with it and trust your judgment. Oh, well. 32 minutes. Okay. So. <laughs> it's all good. So, we've got a long day tomorrow, so I'm going to let you get on. Thank you. Uh, I know you've got things to do. Um, and, yeah, that's... 
let's hope for a, a successful weekend. Whatever it is people want. 100%. Make sure you tune in pay-per-view on BT Sports and ESPN Plus and Fox Sports. Thank and you. also back at home. <laughs> back at home. BT Sports, I already said that. Me to? Yes, see, he doesn't even know what he's doing. Sorry, I think I'm drunk. No, I'm not really. Mel, <laughs> uh, well, thank you very much. Thank you very IFL much. TV, and like I said, hopefully we catch up with you again soon. Thank you. Thank you.